Welcome, True Believer readers, to another episode of Let's Read Spider-Man, the best podcast to break down hard-hitting dialogue such as, tell it to the Marines, Turkey, I've heard enough. Here to break down that line and so much more is my friend, Eddie. How are you today, Eddie? I'm doing well. You know, earlier today I had to pay some bills. It was really unfortunate, but as always, when we start recording, my mood improves vastly. I hope this is a line from Spider-Man. Is it? Yeah, it's one of Spider-Man's lines, but it's not from a Spider-Man book, because today we're going to cover Marvel Superheroes Secret Wars. This is a 12-issue limited series, Eddie. Yeah, yeah. We've been building up to this in all three of our books, Marvel Team-Ups, Spectacular Spider-Man and Amazing Spider-Man. He, he's disappeared in Central Park from all of them. I'm very excited to cover the rigmarole. Yeah, we have to, because when you get back to the regular books, he makes a lot of references to like, well... I guess no one's going to believe what happened, and we're not going to talk about what happened. And so readers in 1984 didn't know what happened because this book was coming out concurrently. The storyline had already moved as if it had been all 12 issues, right? Blows my mind that you could be picking up an amazing Spider-Man, and you have missed all of Secret Wars. And he's just like, well, you know, if you pick up the next one, there's always a little box, of course, you know, pick up Secret Wars, yeah. volume two. Right, right. <laughs> in, in one of the issues that we're going to cover in a few podcasts, it even says something like uh, Spider-Man's costume got damaged in Secret Wars 6. Check out the upcoming issue or something, because it, <laughs> it, it takes place during Secret Wars 3 is out. So you'd have to wait three more months to even get the reference that they're making at the time. It's just crazy to think that these two things were running so concurrently, but yeah. Now, now Eddie, it's 2023 right now as we're recording, right. but this movie, Secret Wars, is going to come out in 2026, so we might be having listeners checking us out because they want to find out more about the Secret Wars book, so we're going to kind of have to cover a little bit about, in general, what's going on in Secret Wars, but I'm hoping that we can also focus on Spider-Man when he actually does anything in this series. <laughs> All right, James B. Well, uh, let me get it going. From May of 1984 through April of 1985, Stanley presents Secret Wars 1 through 12. They were all written by Jim Shooter, penciled by Mike Zeke, and inked by John Beatty. I have between two and three sentences for each book that kind of summarize it. And I know you've got some bullets about some bigger things that are going on. Yes. So why don't I do a book or two, and then you can jump in and anything that's relevant that fits. Does that make sense? That sounds good, James B. Uh, your concise summaries are always super helpful in these contexts. All right. <laughs> There's 20 superheroes and 13 villains to start off, including Magneto, who's standing with the good guys. And he's sitting there talking about how he's better than all the heroes, except for Thor, who he thinks is his equal. Wolverine doesn't want Captain America to be the leader because Captain America, he says, isn't really a superhero. Uh, <laughs> Thor says, well, Captain America can lead me. And the Beyonder is this, uh, you know, unknown entity who says to the heroes and villains that if you slay each other, you'll be rewarded with whatever you want. Uh, the villains are fighting amongst themselves, but they kind of want to talk to Dune to lead them. And it ends in the final panel looking like all the villains are going to fight all the heroes. That's that's how Secret Wars starts. It's a great ending to a book that I found a little all over the place. Uh, the Beyonder, to be precise, says, Slay your enemies and your desires shall be yours. There's a point later on where Magneto says, To think that here, in this weird secret place, the fate of all existence hangs in the balance. Uh, it, 
I don't, I guess so. The Beyonder doesn't really say everyone's going to die if you don't follow my orders. It's, it's kind of implied over and over again, but I just don't know. <laughs> uh, the uh, other thing about this opening is all the heroes make total sense to me. I mean, well, almost total sense, but the villains are Enchantress, Ultron, Absorbing Man, Wrecker and the Wrecking Crew, Thunderball, Piledriver, Bulldozer, Lizard, Doc Ock, Kang, Doctor Doom, Galactus, and Molecule Man. Where is Electro, Mysterio, Craven, Vulture? Any one of those guys would be significantly more consequential, at least for Spider-Man, to fight than these other characters. It, so, it's a weird so, lineup. Sure. So remember, it's not just Spider-Man villains, but it has a lot to do with the availability of storylines you can make with villains. One problem that Marvel's going to be going through in the 1980s is that writers keep wanting to create stories with great villains and great heroes doing these great things, and they're being told, no, you can't do that. Doc Ock wouldn't act that way. Doc Ock already did that. Doc Ock doesn't have that superpower. Now, Doc Ock is, is one of the villains who's here. But it finds out that writers are very limited in what they can control. So Jim Shooter probably felt he could grab this group and not be screwing up anybody yeah. else's storylines. If you start grabbing too many other miscellaneous heroes and villains and, and changing what they've gone through, it probably just affects too many things. That's that's my guess. I, I guess so. But like he pulls like Ultron out of not existing to existing. And as far as I'm concerned, all everything is a clean slate here. He should be able to pull anybody he wants and put him back wherever he feels like. I mean, this whole thing could produce an infinite amount of side stories since there's so many characters involved. I, I was just a little disappointed. I know I've come from a Spider-Man perspective, but there's far more interesting villains that could have been used, uh, at least as their, your opening salvo here. Maybe we'll talk about the, this again, a little bit more about these characters as we keep going on here. But let me go ahead and give uh, the listeners a summary of the next two books. How's that? Great. In issue two, there's a generic fight with some bad guys losing. <laughs> Dr. Doom rebuilds Ultron, and he befriends the Molecule Man. Captain America goes off and sets up like a perimeter, and Magneto goes off on his own. And the heroes have some kind of trouble, and then Bengren turns human, and all of a sudden the book is over. And you're like, wait, nothing, nothing really happened. So that's why I wanted to cover book three at the same time. Magneto wants to talk to the Wasp, and then they're making out all of a sudden. <laughs> Spider-Man thinks the X-Men are up to no good, so he's, like, jumping around and causing all kinds of chaos, which is where that line from the the beginning of our show comes from. And then Professor X, like, erases his memory, oh. which is, like, you know, we'll talk about that maybe. And then Doctor Doom turns down an alliance with Magneto, and then he creates two more supervillains from some random girls... that we're going to find out in three books from now that they come from a suburb of Denver. But right now, we don't know where they came from. Uh, and then Smart Hulk, is Hulk is smart now, and Captain America escape as Doom overruns the hero base and frees his prisoners, right? That's what's happening. Yeah. Uh, I actually enjoy the Secret Wars. And one thing about the Secret Wars I want to throw in here is that, according to my book that I'm reading from Sean Howe, which I quote occasionally, they named it Secret Wars because they did a bunch of research and the two most popular uh, words were secret and wars that little boys really enjoyed. Huh. So they literally just slapped them together. This is just a toy sale. The goal of this was to sell toys. Um, they created a whole line of figures and the comic book was supposed to promote the figures. 
But instead, Eddie, the comic book has a different impact. It creates crossovers in the mm. world. It's a very popular book. It, got, it sells super well. And it cre- and Marvel's like, we're going to do this all the time now. And the toys don't really go off the shelves at all. But Eddie, I'm taking up a little bit of time here. What else uh, did you think about these books? Yeah, as an old boy, I too was very excited about the two words Secret Wars put together. So. <laughs> <laughs> I, You know, in here, there's this strange like riff between the X-Men and the Avengers. It seems to have to do with like, we don't trust them because they're mutants and Magneto gets all tied up in this. But the oddest thing out of all of this for me is that Xavier is like leading the X-Men and Scott Summers and Storm are both there and they have led the X-Men in battle. Why is Xavier able to walk? I forgot to look this up because he's in a wheelchair in the opening page and he's just strolling around for the rest of these books. Yeah, I don't know. It's kind of like a flashback to the TV show Lost. I don't know if yeah. you ever saw that show, but it's the same thing. People in wheelchairs can just walk when you're in a different environment, so he, why not? Yeah, he vaguely alludes that it's because this planet, which is a whole bunch of planets that the Beyonder has put together, pieces of it, uh, including that suburb of Denver, has like allowed him or something, I think. There's this big drama about we don't like how Xavier's bossing us around. And like you said, Spider-Man gets his mind erased by Charles Xavier so that he doesn't reveal that the X-Men are planning on not really being a part of whatever the Avengers are doing. It's a strange subplot in a book that could be really exciting. (laughs) So one thing that's good about The Secret Wars is if you are only a reader of Spider-Man, we'll say, you get in this book and you're wondering what's going on with these people. They make it clear that everybody gives you their stereotypical what they are. Like, you know, we are the Fantastic Four. The, you know, the invisible woman is missing because she's at home pregnant with her baby. But I'm a super stretchy leader guy and I'm his brother-in-law, the torch. And the X-Men are like, we're all mutants and people don't like us because we're mutants. But, you know, and mutants don't play well with others. They just, that's just, and they're, that's what they do, right? I, you're exactly right. They like head off on their own here later on, but well, I mean, come back around, if, right, James B? Well, let's see if they do anything important. Okay. In, in issue four of Secret Wars, uh, the Molecule Man drops an entire mountain on most of the good guys. Thor, however, is hanging out with the Enchantress, and she's trying to like seduce him with her Enchantress powers. And the Wasp is hanging out with Magneto, but you kind of figure out now that the Wasp is really like spying. So she's like kind of seducing Magneto, but she's really there as a spy. Uh, the X-Men do show up to work with Magneto and with uh, Reed and Hulk together saved everyone else from being squashed. He's trying to squash me. And then Doom might have killed Kang. And I guess now that I kind of read ahead, I don't want to spoil too much, but he did kill Kang in issue four. Uh, so there's that. Let me let me do one more if, 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 it, if yes. it's okay with you. In issue five, the Molecule Man has a run-in with the Wrecking Crew, like these no-name, you know, villains, while Johnny Storm puts a move on this local alien girl uh, who can heal everyone, like Azani or Zajani, whatever her name is. Um, she'll be back, though. Everyone has to deal with Galactus, so Galactus takes over the middle of the storyline here because he wants to devour the whole planet. The X-Men establish that they're going to operate as a third group. They're like, you know, Switzerland here. They're going to do their own thing. And Dr. Doom gets himself aboard Galactus's vessel. Uh, Colossus is hurt, and then that healer girl starts, like, healing him. And then he's, like, super in love with her. And he spends 
Way too many panels questioning his feelings for Kitty Pride, letting us know that he has a girlfriend, but he doesn't really think he has a girlfriend anymore. And um, one of those two girls who was from Denver, these random girls who were created by Doom, um, named Volcana, just decides that she is in love with the Molecule Man, and they're a couple. That's that's what's going on in issue five of Secret Wars. Now, let me just take a stand here. There's so many heroes and villains running around. I love multiple villains, and they're all doing something. Everybody's just moving along, and there's a lot of dialogue. There's tons of writing in this book. And overall, you, unless you're like, I'm only into Spider-Man, for example, and you really want to see him, you're really getting a lot of activity in these books. So that's one thing that's not too bad about them. It, it is exciting to see the different things play out in different combinations, kind of like an ultimate Marvel team-up, I guess we could say. Uh, but James B., I, are you sure you didn't like write the part of these four books? Because there are so many, oh, what's my girlfriend <laughs> doing? <laughs> Where's How's my pregnant wife? That's Reed Richards. And then Wasp and Magneto. I mean, an extended romance that takes place at this point. And you forgot about Enchantra and Thor. Enchantress. Who are like, yes, Enchantress, sorry. <laughs> yes. Enchantress and Thor, who are like eating grapes together and staring into each other's eyes. <laughs> and then don't even get me going on this love triangle with Torch, Colossus, and the village healer woman who's helping them out like crazy i don't know i guess incredibly dreamy for anyone so like like this is all going on and literally they're supposed to be fighting villains and the beyonder is scaring them and galactus who we haven't talked about too much is here and just scaring everyone constantly because he's so powerful it's weird well let me talk about that love trying a little bit more and issue six comes along and wasp she uh she encounters the lizard and for some reason has like a whole like relationship with like helping the lizard out and the lizard's like infatuated with her. So I can <laughs> keep that romance music playing that I probably just turned off a minute ago. Xavier has a long talk with Storm about like leadership and some other nonsense. And then that love triangle really starts to develop between the human torch Colossus and the alien girl. The funny thing is, I, I don't think, okay, she doesn't even like speak. She speaks in like, you know, not not words. So she doesn't know she's in a love triangle. The human torch, he likes her in the beginning, but he just forgets about her. So he's not really even in this love triangle. The love triangle is more of Colossus, Kitty Pride, and the alien girl. But Kitty Pride and the alien girl also don't know there's a love triangle. It's really just all taking place in Colossus. Kitty Pride is Kitty Pride isn't even there, right? Well, no, no Kitty Pride, no Scarlet <laughs> Witch, no Invisible Woman. There's a lot of people missing. Uh, but the X-Men actually do attack the Molecule Man. And in this, uh, Wasp takes a fatal blast. And she seems to be dead. And then on Galactus' ship, we have our first villain who's just like, hey, I've been hanging out on Galactus' ship because I was like an energy beam because I'm Claw, the, you know, the, the energy sound guy or something. And he's just on the ship. And he won't be the last superhero to just appear in the middle of our storyline. Lots of activity here. You got, you got one more thing you want to add before we... And there, James B. is my favorite character in all of this. It is definitely Claw. He is just crazy. <laughs> he talks in rhymes. He uh, he repeats himself. He uh, quotes an Edgar Allan Poe. We're going to do issue seven right now. This is the last book we'll cover in this podcast. We'll have a second podcast for the rest of it. And that involves our favorite hero, Spider... 
Spider Woman. That's right. Spider Woman is also here. And just so you understand, she's not the Spider Woman that anybody else knows. It's a different <laughs> Spider Woman. She was hanging out in where else? Denver. And apparently she got pulled along as well. The lizard is really angry because the wasp like is was shot. We didn't even mention the lizard is like what Kurt Connors is like cured and like now he's the lizard. Like that's a whole a whole other problem. That healing alien girl is on you, whatever. She collapses at one point. Um I think she I think yeah, she's she working try, out, tries to help tries the wasp. To save, tries to save the wasp she who everyone thinks is dead. Right. And then she can't do it, I believe, in issue seven. She's, yeah, she like forlornly looks down and it, it seems to imply that the wasp is dead. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and then S.H.I.E.L.D. gets in a fight with like everybody on the villain side. And Captain America is like, you know, stay the line, hold the line. He's like, he's not willing to fight. And S.H.I.E.L.D.'s just getting the crap kicked out of her like the whole book. So much that she's going to be like out of commission for a couple books because of this like seven on one beat down that she's facing. But um, at the end of book seven, finally, they're like, okay, now it's time to fight, which is like a big thing they like to do at the end. They're like, we're going to fight in the next book. And then the next book turns out to be like Colossus, like, oh, I miss my girlfriend, but not really. <laughs> but, um, but you know, I'm, listen, I'm going to defend the Secret Wars is a lot of fun and it's a big thing. The, the back half of this is better than the front. Uh, Spider-Man's costume is all wrecked in issue six, and he's sort of working on getting a new costume. So that's yes. what he's that's all he's been up to besides playing around with the X-Men, right? That is it too. Like there was a moment where basically he defeats all the X-Men at one time because he thinks they're going to be traitors or something like that. But he his first line is wee as he is attached to like Hulk going into battle or something and he's used occasionally for like the spider sense. He's like, "Oh, my spider sense is going off." Or this isn't dangerous because my spider sense would be going off if it was. Otherwise, not not a whole lot of Spider-Man in this book. Yeah, I think the thing I had the hardest time with was I didn't do a ton of like having to look things up, but I really got thrown off when Doctor Doom made Volcana and Titana out of these two random girls. I really spent like I had to go look up on the internet where these two girls came from, and, and then it said that you know it was revealed in book six. I was like, oh, so I haven't even <laughs> I haven't even been told yeah. yet where they came from. And it just, I think that was a big, a big surprise. They come out of, yeah. they come out of nowhere. And I like was like, I guess I'll look that up later. It explains it slightly more if you read the rest of the series. So it's slightly it's weird. All they had to do was throw in the thing that says our whole town of whatever from Denver area was here. Like, you know, they could have just added a sentence and that would have been like, fine. Spider Woman in Denver too. What a what yeah. a matchup. Yeah, not the Spider Woman we know either. No. She's in a black suit. Yes, right? She's in the black suit. But Eddie, let me let me wrap this up here. Uh, oh, actually we have a Secret Wars sponsor. Wow, that's nice. Oh. oh. It's it's a short one, Eddie. Today's sponsor is the Convention Visitors Bureau Center of Denver, Colorado, and suburbs from Littleton, Centennial, and Highlands Ranch to Castle Pines, uh, Greenwood Village, and Cherry Creek Village. We welcome you to move to our community. Uh, the Denver suburbs are really moving up in the world. See our ad in Portable Restroom Operator Magazine. So there you go. <laughs> All right, James B. Thank you for that uh, Secret Wars sponsor. <laughs> I'll check it out, I guess. Oh, you're going to consider moving to Denver? Or the Denver suburbs? If they're still there, uh, I, I, well, I guess so. As of as of book seven, there's a big giant hole where there's a city. <laughs> you have to say to the next podcast to find out if it gets replaced. Um, if people want to write to us and tell us 
that they're disappointed we didn't talk a lot about Spider-Man, how could they reach us? Uh, you could email us at letsreadspiderman at gmail.com. Or you could find us on yeah, X, <laughs> formerly known as Twitter, at Let's Read Spider-Man. It's actually not our handle. It's at Let's Read Spidey. Oh, at Let's Read Spidey. Sorry. Yeah, who knows in 2026 what, what it's called, if it even exists. And now it's time for the close. I'm James B., joined by Eddie. And remember, listeners, if you are like a superhero, like one of the X-Men, and you have a really awesome girlfriend, uh, also one of the X-Men, waiting at home, and then you meet some random chick who you can't even communicate with, you might think about this new girl more than your old girlfriend while the galaxy is being destroyed. Goodbye. Goodbye. I think it's so weird how the lizard is off in a swamp by herself. Like, <laughs> and he doesn't help the villains at all. Yeah, and he like can't even really understand things. He's like more lizard than anything. So the wasp feels badly for him, and it is a weird confrontation that happens in the swamp. It's like a Beauty and the Beast kind of moment. Like, you know, I feel bad for you, monster or Frankenstein and the yes, girl. Yes, you know, true. King, King Kong. It's like she's like, oh, the poor lizard. I'm like, the lizard's not really. First of all, she's way over, more powerful than the lizard. And, and lizards, I guess I think Kirkconnors was cured. He hasn't even had a problem with this. And, oh. Odd. Yeah. <laughs>